Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stat 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How could the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. everybody and welcome to inside the sequel the podcast that celebrates sequel movies that are uh, lesser And welcome to another episode of Inside the Sequel. You know what this is. This is that really trashy podcast where we talk about sequel movies that nobody likes, but I still fight on the internet with. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Chris. And if you're returning again, thank you so much because you are at the final Godzilla episode we're doing for Converse uh, Godzilla. So if you don't know, we have been doing a Godzilla mini-series of rec recommended Zilla films to watch for the new one. Uh, the first one being 55's Raids Again, uh, 62's, or excuse me, 64's Mothra vs. Godzilla, and then we also did 68 Destroy All Monsters, and then our most recent episode, we did the 1974 episode again with Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, where Philip Yount from the Dead Ringers podcast came on, and it was just a blast. And I just want to thank Philip, and I want to thank Lindsay Wilkins, and I want to Thank Michael Scott um, from the Undisputed Podcast and the Schlock and All Podcast for just you know tolerating my time, uh, my my crude jokes, and uh, just overly gushing over Godzilla. Um, I love him to death, and I appreciate them being on. And I hope to have them on again. But today we are talking about a very special Godzilla movie, one you need to watch before the final. Um, or one to watch before the newest one comes out. And of course, that's Roland Emmerich's 1998 gem that is Zilla. I'm not going to call it Godzilla because that's stupid. We all know it's Zilla. And <laughs> today, we are having 
two special guests. I think this is the first episode I've actually had two people at the same time. So it's a three-way podcast. Uh, and I thought if I wanted to have my first three-way ever, I'd have to have these two people. And it's my boys up north, the Saskatchewan boys. I have Mitch from the Terror Table along with Boozy from the Terror Table. What's popping, man? Two-thirds uh, of the Terror Table came for the three-way. <laughs> up top. High fives all around, boys. If you don't ever want to be in this podcast again, I don't blame you. <laughs> but uh, boys, thank you so much for being back on. If those who haven't listened to the Boozy and I um, love fest for Lost World Jurassic Park 2. Uh, that it was sh- way more of a love fest in between you two rather than the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. like I, it was, you know, it, it felt it felt like it in the air and it, it sounded like it when I heard it back. I still it was, do it while I fall asleep just because it's so <laughs> soothing. And then God. the part where the dinosaurs were like this. Oh, I freaking love that part. Like that was just no, like, it was <laughs> you guys talking about. Oh, I love you. No, man, you're the best. No, you're the best. Like it no, felt you. like I was. It felt like I was listening in the in a sauna. Was it the? Uh, was it the like the no you hang up? Yeah, no, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. And then Mitch, don't be shy. You were uh, you were on where we talked about child's play too, and I'm pretty sure we. Well, that's where the cum sock joke first started, I think. <laughs> and you had to like apologize for that. Oh, yeah. Well, I was about to be blacklisted on Twitter for it. Right, right. So, But Mitch was on there to clear my name, and I think he had a good time, and now he's back again. Interesting choice for Mitch to clear your name on anything. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very weird flex. (laughs) No, boys, but I love you, and I'm so glad to have you guys back on. Um, I'd invite Kyle from the Terror Table, but that would just be a Terror Table episode, and I also haven't met him yet, and I don't want his... First introduction on this show to be talking about Godzilla 98. <laughs> and he sucks. <laughs> he stinks. I think the best part is that, like, Kyle has missed out on a lot of these, like, things. So it sometimes it feels like maybe we just made up, like, a ventriloquist voice that's Kyle, and he doesn't actually exist. It's actually Josh Gad. We actually have Josh Gad on the show. I haven't met the guy, but I can't have another human being being told he looks and sounds like Josh Gad. So we'll stick with Jonah Hill for him on this one. (laughs) And that's only respects to him because he's he's the only person I've known that's watched Fifty Shades Darker and admitted it. Uh, So, you know, I got it. I'm pretty sure he's seen it a couple times. I mean, hey, you've seen all of the the trilogy or whatever. Do you hear that, boys? I'm pouring a Merlot, or sorry, a Malbec for this Godzilla 98 discussion. That's tasty. Was it I supposed deserves... to specifically know that? Like, sounds <laughs> uh, like you're pouring a Malbec, actually. I just chose this Copper Moon Malbec to discuss <laughs> Roland, Ember- Roland Emmerich's magnum opus, <laughs> Godzilla 1998. You know, it you're sounds not, like... You're not wrong. <laughs> it sounds like people are wondering, well, how do we know that it sounds like? But if people haven't figured out, we're all really drinking tonight because we just have to celebrate the end of a miniseries and... Uh, when Mitch pulled out his bottle, I dead ass said, "Is that Henny?" And then <laughs> like just roasted me. <laughs> I thought yep. it was a thermos. I was literally like, "Mitch is drinking out of a thermos. This is not Henny at all." <laughs> it's because you guys can't see me very well since I have all these cool lights in my room now. Like it looks like a like a Chris. You had mentioned it looks like an Adam Wingard film in here. Yeah, or... I'm so hyped for the new movie that any neon lights give me that vibe. <laughs> yeah. It looks, it looks like that or a, or a grow up. Really, those are your only options. 
how are okay well no i guess this is your podcast i shouldn't be the one asking the question no okay yeah let's let's get into it let me put down the champagne bottle with cheap ass rum in it let me start asking you guys some questions so mitch um you are no stranger um at least to our podcast here because you know we've been doing a fantasy oscars uh and i think we wrapped up yeah we did wrap up the the recording i still have to finish the edit so good luck on wondering when that's going to get released but uh (laughs) Uh, what'd you think of it, man? Like off the mic, like off the cuff, like, do you have fun doing this thing? Do you think people will enjoy this, this last installment? Well, I think this last installment is going to be our most uh, polarizing to date. And I think Ooh. it is because so many people have seen more movies from the last 10 years. So uh, not to mention that it got really heated between the three of us uh, more so I got to watch Daniel and Chris's friendship <laughs> just evaporate on screen. So, so are you saying that like a re- uh, like a, a recency bias kind of fucked up everything or made it like more aggressive? I, maybe, maybe it's that. Maybe it's just, you know, like we're, we're all such passionate dudes and there were just right. some very, there are some moments in that last episode that's yet to come out uh, that I am nervous to like listen back on. Because <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, I had a great time. I, I know this sounds bad saying it right in front of Boozy, because but like it's just it's right up there. This whole series, this fantasy Oscar series, is up there with some of the most fun I've ever had podcasting. Uh, wow. Just it's it's so much Hell fun. Yeah. And you guys put it, how many hours? Like how many hours of entertainment is there altogether? Like you guys put it work, like close 12? to ten hours. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you guys gave out like an audio book basically. <laughs> Yeah, we did. And that's the thing is, I think we even uh, every episode, we were like, okay, let's make sure we don't do like the bullshit at the beginning and end up taking too long because we know we're going to there's going to be one of these years that we're going to spend an hour on. And uh, last episode, we fucked that up again. It's a it's a long episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm planning on releasing it and tying all the audios together to make it the full 10 hour unedited cut. But you know, if you want that one, the internet needs to speak on doing the hashtag um, release the Hurtado cut because that's what I'll be doing. Are we going with the Hurtado cut? Because I thought, like, is that Sasha Gray conversation staying in? <laughs> yes, un- unadulterated, unedited, something that'll disappoint my parents more. Well, the good thing that's that's actually <laughs> can you just the good call thing it, like, about the disappointment that, sessions. <laughs> we we get to test out what would disappoint our parents by seeing the disappointment on Daniel's face when we make some like bad jokes, and he just he gives you that look where it's like I'm not mad, I'm just you know disappointed. <laughs> and I will say for for people who don't know Daniel, uh, and they're like always worried about that. I've gotten so used to it that it's like I know I'm doing something right when I get it. You know, <laughs> you're you're on the right path when you hit that. Yeah, I mean, no. that's the only reason he still hangs out with me, so he can make that phase. Yeah, for real, though, man. Like, I, I had so much fun doing those, and I hope that we can find a way to spin something around like that again someday, uh, because that was just too much fun to cap it off at three episodes. Granted, it's around 10 hours. Uh, <laughs> no, I had I'm, such a good time with you guys. I'm so glad to hear that, Mitch. It was a lot of fun, and shout out Daniel for bringing that one up. Um, Daniel's going to be doing some really good stuff on his channel soon. So for those who are huge Cobweed fans, are, are you telling me like OnlyFans kind of stuff? <laughs> no, no, that's only on my YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Boozy, you're coming back again. Well, um, what made you want to hop back on here? I didn't know if you liked me or not. 
<laughs> Did you literally just do the like the fingers together thing? <laughs> if, if, if you got off the phone after our Skype session and you couldn't figure out if I liked you or not, I feel like that's more on you than than on me. I feel, you know that that's how I'm coming across because I am so excited to see you. We are we are big time homies for yes, sure. Sir. Like, and we just we we slide in the DMs a lot. We talk about Mitch a lot too. Like this recently, is... we we were talking I was what... about what. Well, I was wondering because usually it's Chris and I are talking about you, so maybe he's right. doing some uh, gaslighting here. Oh, some God. And maybe he's trying to turn us against each other. You gaslighted me! You're a fucking villain! <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious because some of my friends back home, like growing up, were Canadian guys, and then there's you guys who just show up randomly <coughs> in my life. So it's like, feels like back home in a way. So it's kind of nice to, you know, take a... It's nice to say even, some lingos that I don't have to explain to people, you know. You guys right, even though we're more like the the backwoods Canadians of, <laughs> That's the, the, of the pairing. I was just about to say, the best part about doing this podcast is we've been able to, like, absolutely destroy any thought of how Canadians are just always super nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. We're, we're fucking dipshits. <laughs> and we've been told that many times, and uh, it's very humbling. Talk to me about Godzilla with you guys. Like, uh, I'll start with Boozy. Because like, we're old? Is that is that why you want to know? Because we were around for it? Uh, no, you know what's crazy? I get the vibe that you guys are like more Jurassic Park dinosaur boys versus like kaiju big monsters. And I'm like curious, like where do y'all stand with that? Because definitely with 98's Godzilla, I was like, this isn't Godzilla. This is this is a ripoff. You know? Are we... Are we talking about just kaijus right now, or are we going right into '98? Oh, we're uh, talking about just kaijus. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll we'll save we'll save '98. Let... We got to make people stay and listen. You know, they yeah. right, 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 right. I'll let Boozy take this one away, but I think it is like I'm pretty sure you're about to mention it as well. That the, this has been the way that we made our connection. Our the way our friendship started was a mutual love for just monster movies in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we, we talk about werewolves and down to to monster movies and like. The 2014 Godzilla had just come out, I think, when you and I just became pals. Oh, we were uh, we were uh, I we were all jerking off about the trailer, and I know that, and that will go down in history as like the most jerked off trailer that just never really led to anything. For us, for uh, what happens with jerk offs, they they don't yeah. lead to any sort of sustaining <laughs> relationship. <laughs> Boozy, you take it away. What's your uh, kaiju? Oh, dude, I, I am I, with everything. I am the most picky person in the world. I, I like some kaijus. I don't like all of them. I'm just going to flat out say, like, my favorite kaijus are obviously Neon Genesis. Like, yes. best kaijus ever. Yes. Those, so cool. Um, but, you know, on the most part, like, I don't know. You're, when Chris mentioned that, like, this Godzilla is not a kaiju at all. It, he is he's just a lizard. He's just a mm-hmm. large lizard. And I think that's kind of what I appreciate about this is my favorite Godzilla movie. Like, hands oh down. My God. There's amazing. <laughs> I, I love this movie so much. Fuck. See, see so I, I think Mitch, uh, Mitch, I think Boozy's like interpretation of the movie is the most fascinating because he's such a Jurassic Park guy. <laughs> and this movie it makes literally sense, feels, man. It feels like a it feels like Jurassic Park 2, 2.0. Or two point five. Yeah, no, this, man. This, this is this is like an Amblin film in disguise. 100%. Oh my god, you guys have never you have not seen an Amblin film. <laughs> um, <laughs> this this is totally like Steven Spielberg's Godzilla. We, oh oh my god. Ah, oh my god. Like, oh, I feel so there. sick. I feel so sick. Um, 
Okay, so yeah, we'll we'll get back to ninety eight, and I I have lots of positive things to talk about today. I, yeah, I, I feel like we're really shitty on it before we even get started on it. But boys, this is, okay, so I, I mean, you think about this is nineteen ninety eight with like a Godzilla movie, and you think about all the other Godzilla movies that came out before it, and yeah, a lot of them. Um, aren't like up to par with like something like 54, but there's some charm to it. And they always feel Godzilla. That makes, if you're a huge Godzilla fan, you know, like, you know, you watch it and you're like, yeah, that's still a Zilla movie. But this one, man, it's, uh, it's just interesting to hear people's perspectives because it's an American Godzilla movie. <clears throat> and a lot of times when I talk to people about Godzilla, this is the movie they think about when they think of that like that franchise that entity so it's like right. it's very interesting to hear like people's thoughts about it and yeah like i obviously always knew this day this day would come where i would eventually have to talk about godzilla in 1998 <laughs> like i pushed it off for long enough um i successfully evaded it for four years of the terror table until now uh so we we will get into that and like but that's the thing is like while rewatching it this time, I came to a lot of conclusions. A lot of bells came off in my head uh, in realizing just further understanding Boozy. And because I know that Boozy, you say that this is your favorite Godzilla movie. And like this is not a Godzilla movie at all. Uh, like it's not even remotely like a Godzilla movie. Like there's zero common threads. There's no allegory. There's no political statement. There's no monster versus monster it action. It doesn't need to have there's a political no, statement. But it's that's, the, it's that's just King what Kong, God's... but with Godzilla. That's the only difference. It but literally no. goes to New York, he humps a building, and that's it. <laughs> but the actual classic, like, Toho Godzilla, is like, that, that is important, and that is a through line, and that is what that franchise, franchise is. But I still like I got lots of lots of good shit to say about this movie. I don't, I don't need today. Godzilla to have a moral compass. Just... <laughs> no, but I'm I'm saying that because Bo Boozy's a guy who I know I should be talking about myself. I don't know why I'm talking about Boozy. <laughs> yeah, why? <are> you... <laughs> well, because I'm I, I want oh, there's so much to cover here. Like how Boozy, I feel like I'm listening to a terror table episode. I love it. I know. I'm sorry. He, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't like Skull Island because, and that's where it made me realize that, like, you don't like monster on monster action, which no, is it's what awful. Godzilla is. Like, that's what that franchise is. Right. But you like the monsters attacking the city, and that's exactly. cool too. Yeah, and like, that makes sense though. That's like the that's like the two sides of the, any sort of monster movie. At that's the all. classic archetype. Except I don't, I don't for Godzilla, need them to, it's I don't need them always to do him fighting another monster. <laughs> I just think it's really interesting because like Boozy is such a Jurassic Park guy, and yeah, you know, it, it makes sense for '98 yeah, to be. But yeah, do you, it's, it's a T Rex. Yeah, and that was Boozy, your first favorite, the first one you watched. Mitch, what was the first Godzilla movie you watched? I did see the original prior to 98, but I'd be lying. Like when I, I'll just say right now, when I got out of the theater in 1998, I was not only like, not only was it a million times better than the original, it was the best movie I'd ever seen in my oh, fucking life yeah, like oh, when I was yeah. eight years old. Um, yeah. Going back to it over the years and then like, you know, discovering further Godzilla installments, it's obviously like, and you know, just growing up, 20 years has passed, like things have changed. <laughs> Um, that, but that no, sounds, I, yeah, I watched the original. The thing is, I was always like a massive, massive Power Rangers kid. Like I was so into Power Rangers and there's so much in correlation to the Toho Godzilla movies or just Kaiju movies in general. So when I would go to the sci-fi channel, channel 39 on our cable in Saskatoon here, uh, there was always like man in suit monster movies. And I always loved those growing up, like Ultraman and stuff like that. I was always really into that. Um, but as far as kaijus go, like it's just that's one of my biggest loves 
in horror is just monsters and monsters in general like doesn't even need to be a like my favorite movie of all time is jaws that's a monster movie you know and like uh, i actually rented jaws the same day that we rented the original godzilla like with my uncle like i remember him showing me both of those movies and obviously like i gravitated towards jaws more because i was just so obsessive with sharks from a young age like i just always liked the sea and uh, ocean life but um, right all the way up to like Pacific Rim and uh, the release of the 2014 Godzilla and then King of Monsters and Kong Skull Island. You there you have to make something so fucking awful for me to not be there day one. <laughs> the minute I can see a new one, even if like, for example, I didn't like 2014 Godzilla. I didn't like King of Monsters. And I cannot wait to see Kong or Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, same, bud. And it's weird, like. 98 was my first Godzilla movie and like I was in freaking preschool kindergarten going to family video to rent it with the green cover with the big orange eye right there and I thought it was the coolest thing ever and I had a Zilla action figure that made noise when you pushed his leg down and it was mm-hmm. freaking cool. Yeah. And the marketing for this movie was unbelievable. And for people who don't know the reason this movie came to existence was because after uh, Godzilla versus Godo- uh, Godzilla versus Destroya, which uh, spoilers, Godzilla dies in that movie along with his kid. It's a pretty brutal ending. Rest Toho, in peace, Godzilla. Whatever. Big same rib. shit happens in this one. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> but Toho, they were like, like per per usual, they're always like, we're taking a hiatus from making this. We've milked the the money machine already. We can't make any more money on it. So they loaned it to um, TriStar and Sony, and uh, <clears throat> they got Roland because obviously Roland was riding off that high from Independence Day, and I mean, obviously American audiences were well aware of Godzilla because they what they would do, and it still kind of bothers me what they would do with the Japanese releases of the Godzilla movies. They would do it a year release after and rename it a little bit and add certain scenes to it, which always felt offensive because the scenes that they add don't add anything except put another American in there. You know, it's like, mm. are we that American that we have to, we can't identify with any sort of people except an American on there? Um, in you see with the random... yes. Well, they, they need, <laughs> yes. They gotta be white, gotta be American, gotta be a male. Absolutely has to be a male because we there's no way... And, you gotta save the day. No one else is yeah. saving the day but you. And yeah. if P. Diddy's not backing you up on that chorus while you're saving the day, then what the fuck are you doing here? Oh my god, this movie soundtrack is like electric. It's iconic. It's goat. Yeah. It's so I I I I might even order the CD on eBay. I'm not gonna. It's cap worth that. it. I, honestly, oh, it's worth it. I'll send you one of my copies. Ooh. <laughs> Just kidding. I only have one. Here's but my it, old I man do rant. own that CD, of course. <laughs> Well, good, because here's my rant. I tried listening to it on Spotify, and uh, yeah, they have Dude. some of those songs unavailable on there because of that. Let so me guess the P Diddy song isn't available anymore? Yeah. yeah. It's a different rapper. It's because uh, Sean Combs, it, like, I remember it was released as Sean Combs. Like, I remember thinking, I was like, what the fuck? Like, because I remember seeing the trailer, the music video on Much Music Canada. <laughs> Canada, shout out Canada. Um, <laughs> but, like, I remember seeing the music video for that and being like, it says that it's Sean Combs, but that's Puff Daddy. Like, oh, that's dirty. I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea they were one in the same. I love the uh, the SNL skit when Robert De Niro was on there and P Diddy was on, and he was going by Dirty Diddy Money at the time. You get fucking twenty fifteen Robert De Niro going, ladies and gentlemen, Dirty Diddy Money, <laughs> and it's just playing. It's like, they, what the hell? Got a great show for you tonight. 
Diddy Dirty Money is here. And everybody's uh, waiting for like somebody else to come out. It's like, oh, that's just P. Diddy. What the fuck, guys? This is just P. Diddy. Yeah. But here's the thing, guys. Like, this movie had insane hype. Like, I went back and like read like, like articles about when this movie was getting to release. And every single article says this movie was marketed to hell. It was legit supposed to change cinema forever. It was and, the summer uh, blockbuster. And like, all the Chris said the- I know all the restaurants had these. Yeah, Chris. Chris said in our group chat the other day, Boozy. This is one that it's one of Daniel, but he said I can't wait to discuss the very first blockbuster. <laughs> talking about Godzilla '98. Yeah, to me, I mean, I don't know what other blockbusters came out before this. Jaws. One. Uh, <laughs> Jaws was the first. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Jaws twice, but I I think I've seen Zilla more. Oh my god, and that's yeah. That's... But you know what's funny, and that's the, that's one of the gripes that this movie had. So it came out with you know so much hype, and everyone, including audience, which is funny because it's like I thought this movie would have like uh, like when movies come out, the critics hate, but like the audiences gas up so much that like they don't listen to the critics anymore. This was a movie consensus where everyone was like, sounds this... like the Snyder Snyderverse. <laughs> But everyone was just like, yeah, this is this is a misstep, boys. Anyway, the the funny thing about this movie was it had a three-year contract or uh, yeah, I think it was a three-year contract with uh, yep. Toho to be loaned out. They were had a trilogy plan for this fucking movie and it did so bad that Toho took it back. And it they made, made a bank. movie clearly. Yeah, the movie made a ton of money. It just like didn't do well critically. I, Everyone that was actually like, would be yuck. very interesting. Kyle or sorry, not Kyle. Chris brings up a very good point about that is with how much marketing went into that, I bet they did not make a fucking dollar out of this thing. Because <laughs> I remember, yeah, there was there was like that massive toy line. They had a TV show. There was, I remember them being at like Burger King and shit or McDonald's. Okay, okay. now think about this. How many of your friends' houses, including your house, had almost all of that merchandise? Because I know mine did. And almost I, every one of my friends... Did. They all had the Godzilla toys. We all had that Godzilla toy line because that toy line was God status. Like it I still was wish so movies. Cool. I still wish movies wrote on the coattails of their toy sales. That would be dope because toys right? fucking suck Dude, now. Honestly, that's what Star Wars did though. Like, it, like no, obviously, Star Wars is a, a fucking incredible. This five little movie star called movie. Star Wars. I will say, there's more but... Godzilla movies than Star Wars movies. Yeah, that's okay if you want to go that route. But I'm just saying that's how George Lucas managed to make his money is in merchandising. And like you think about that, and it's the same thing with this new. Like I went and bought my uh, my nephew. I wanted to get him into Godzilla vs Kong because uh, yeah. that's coming out, and like that's the kind of shit that excited me when I was his age. And I'm talking like the the '98 Godzilla. Like that was my world. And he's super into dinosaurs and everything. And I, it was like going into Jingle All the Way, the movie. I went to Walmart, and there was nothing but Kongs left. And I'm like, there's no Godzillas. It's just a wall of Kongs. So I'm like, fuck it. it like, it's basically Booster from Jingle All the Way. <laughs> is it, and, uh, so is I it American, is Americans it. racist because they don't have any Zilla? They only have the American champ that is King Kong? Is, yeah, oh my God, well, this is 100% American-made car. Yeah, but I give him, like, he's all obsessed with dinosaurs and shit, and I give him this King Kong, this awesome-ass King Kong action figure that I would kill for as a kid, and he barely touched it. <laughs> he's just oh. like, fuck this thing. And then he got the Godzilla one, loves it. Just thinks it's so that's, cool. And I mean, that's the most logical solution for any normal kid, right? Yeah. Or he's playing the con game and he was just like acting like he wasn't interested, so you'd have to buy him the Godzilla figure. So now he has two that he wanted, you know? That's what I would do. As a was, kid. It, was that 
Dude, that's like really manipulative. It's weird that you said that. Like, why do you? How do you think I get guests on this show? <laughs> you yeah, it's a manipulation thing. Here. We'll have a good time. We'll talk about this. Just kidding. <laughs> It'll be just you and me. Come to my podcast, kid. I'll make you a star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's fake cancel this podcast already. It's overdue. I'm surprised it has it. It's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, us being here today. It's, that would be the over. best way to end your podcast is to cancel yourself and then just never come back. I thought well, for a while that's how we were gonna go, but then because like we, I don't know if you heard those episodes, Chris, but we used to have a cancellation corner where we would just cancel things. <laughs> uh, but we. Much like, you know, it's kind of like when COVID happened, we were talking about doing all these like contagion movies and stuff like that. And then it's just like, oh, when it gets real, it's not funny anymore. And uh, that's <laughs> the what happened with the, real. Well, the cancellation shit. Like we were canceling Ben Affleck's tattoo. We were canceling Walmart.com. But nowadays it's like you open your phone and fuck. I'm, s- I'm still saying I preemptively cancel the rock because when shit comes out, I'll be the first one to be like, <laughs> I said it all along. He was a scumbag. <laughs> And The Rock's gift to you, Dean Malenko. The Rock is going to give you six inches. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I'm actually going to turn this uh, podcast. Like, this podcast will be canceled. It's going to become solely a dedicated 2017 Ghost in the Shell podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Boozy, you yeah. haven't heard about this. Wait. Oh, my <laughs> no, no, God. We like that movie. Yeah, I know, I know you spoilers. did. You have no idea what happened on the Fantasy Oscars 3 with Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> it gets out of hand. Like I love that it even gets talked about. I'm just well, happy that... Welcome to Chris Hurtado. Anyway, lads, so we're going back to... So Godzilla... <laughs> I love when we talk about Zilla and then it moves on to something else. But you know, that's the power of Godzilla. Because this movie... More than any other Godzilla movie, it fucking references so many things that it it feels like it's just like a, a referential machine. It doesn't even care about the movie. It's just trying to put so much product and like references to so many other it, like properties and titles. It feels like a billboard, honestly. It, 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 it makes sense because Godzilla's running around the smooth around the whole movie, and he's never staying in place. Excuse me, she and. Uh, I never can see the damn thing because it's running around doing a reference to another thing and then it's gone and it shows up again. But how did it look in the 4K? That's the question that we all came here for today is that Chris fucking flexing today, sending a Snapchat of him walking out of a Best Buy holding a wow. Godzilla, Godzilla 1998 4K. I didn't even know this How existed. the fuck did they have that? Yeah, did they did it fall behind a rack and they found it or something? It was the last one. It was legit sure on God. I remember it was the only one they had ever gotten. Like. <laughs> I didn't even want to get it because it didn't have the slip cover. It was the oh. lo- it was the one at the very back that never gets a slip cover. That's oh, what it was. I hate that feeling. That's so what happened to me with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The, the, Sorry. the neglected slip coverless Godzilla ninety eight. Yeah, there's only one. Um, but nah, it looks goaded, dude. Um, the movie actually looks solid. They the color grading they they actually touch up pretty well. It's not as fucking dark as the uh, Blu-ray I, is. I wanted to say that actually is I know that every shits on this movie for the CGI, but there's a couple times watching this this time where I'm like, this looks pretty good still. Like, yeah, Uzi, you have been living at the very fucking bottom, the trenches of Tubi for the last year. You think that you're the source that should be saying if something looks good? <laughs> you are, you're going to hear it. Sorry, this is not to try and like uh, <laughs> support our show, but like you're going to hear about all the dumb shit I've watched this week. Oh, I believe it. 
I somewhat am excited to listen to that because I'm, I'm always pumped to hear some TV discoveries because of all those really boozy. You and I talked about a guy. Remember, I was like, oh, some of these Jurassic Park ripoffs actually look solid. And you were like, no, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. I've been I've, I've been to that place. I've, I've had that conversation with myself and I, I went and explored it. It's not a good it's not what you think. I hate how I hate how these like B companies will put out like copycat kaiju movies just to exploit my love for the the genre and make me watch really and, shit monster movies. And they and get they, you like, guys always, every time. Yeah, and they pay a really good artist to do a really good cover, and you're like, my brain is imagining all the cool shit I'm gonna see in this, Boozy. and then it's just it's just sad. And that's the you only were... reason I watched Titan Boa. That movie looked fucking sick with the cover. <laughs> you mean Titanoboa or Boa. Titan Boa? No, the first one. I said it wrong. Remember Python at VHQ, Boozy? Walking oh, around when we were like 12 years old and we see that cover for Python, fully yeah. torqued. That's, that's actually Sleepover how, Friday's how going got down. the first time. Like, that's how I found Turok. Is I was like, this guy's oh. fighting a Velociraptor with a knife? Of course. Turok's <laughs> the greatest. Uh, so, for Godzilla 98, like, we trash on it. And Boozy does make up a good point. Um, for 1998, the CGI was still considered... It's pretty state of the art. It's crazy though that you know the Snyder Cut is four hours and it flew by for me. And Godzilla '98 is two hours and twenty minutes, and it feels long as it, hell. Oh, dude, I was so shocked going back to it. I'm seeing that it was only like two hours and fourteen or eighteen minutes or something like that. Uh-huh. I was like, I remember it being way longer than that. And I start watching. I'm like, all oh, right, <laughs> it's just. I just even feel like that was long for that. Yeah, what's crazy as a kid, I rented this movie a lot. It might this so you know, yes. for people who Me care about my childhood. It. Yeah, like like if, if anybody cares about how I grew up, this is how it was. As a as a grade school kid, you'd get a report card at the end of the week. If you were well behaved, your parents would get like a like a, a notice. They'd be like, Hey, your kid was good all week. So my dad would keep track of that. And every Me time too. I got that, yeah, every time I got that, he would take me to the video store and let me rent any movies. Um, and he'll always let me rent however many kids, free kid movies. And then like one movie I had to pay for my rotation of movies to pay for was always 98 Godzilla, uh, return of the Jedi. It was always those two always, no matter Not what, Empire. everything else was free movies. Yeah. It was usually like a Yu-Gi-Oh episode. Um, <laughs> or it was uh, <laughs> Pokemon, the first movie or the absolutely goaded Lord of the Rings animated movie. Oh my God. Animation. Or Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Uh, I watched that only on TV as a kid, in a in a in a bootleg DVD. <laughs> I, I just want to say because you brought it up, um, if you actually go back and watch Yu-Gi-Oh episodes, the the writers and the people who made the actual game didn't communicate a lot. So mm-hmm. a lot of the shit that happens in the in the TV show makes no sense and contradicts everything. So they, <laughs> they like they wrote themselves into a corner every episode, and it's the funniest shit ever to go back. But to that's watch. what helped. That's what helped me like cheat in real Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> tournaments, where I would go. <laughs> like I got kicked out of a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament in Kelowna, BC, because I was stuffing fissures in my uh, sock. <laughs> Because fissures, those are those are goaded cards. Like those are you're fucking over. And this get the guy who crossed me been like, how many fucking fissures does this kid have? <laughs> but boys, so like we're talking ninety eight Godzilla right now, correct? Like that's yeah. that's what we came here to do. The audacity of Matthew Broderick starring in a Roland Emmerich Godzilla remake nearly ten years to the date. 
after murdering two women in his car in Ireland. <laughs> I just love how while he was driving a BMW. I can't remember. I think it was an A class. I don't know why I know this. I think for this, for the for moving on to Godzilla ninety eight. What we'll do is you'll say two negative things, but you have to end it on a positive thing for this movie. <laughs> I two, like okay? that plan. Because I, I, I got it. Just the, the teacher in me, because I wasted two years of my life studying education. Well, I, I got to apply it somewhere. So you'll say two negative things and one <laughs> ne- positive Ian Boozy thing. could be You, you know that I'm so not going to say anything negative, right? I just, right? I'm here for the positivity. Hey, B- Boozy supplies the extra uh, positivity that Mitch and I might not have for it. Right. <laughs> Uh, but like, let's for people who haven't for some reason not seen this movie. So it starts off, which is different than any Godzilla movie, even with the newest ones. Um, it starts with the French, who aren't even referenced in any or other Godzilla movie. The French did nuclear bomb tests on a on a a, a French co- a col- colonized island because that's what they did, and uh, they they did bomb testing there, and a Komodo dragon island gets blown up and obviously that's what godzilla happened so he's a komodo dragon from a nuclear she she She. you fucking toxic (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) what's crazy is it is a she well we i don't know it might be it might be genderless because it produces reproduces asexually maybe because also doesn't it it's kind of like don't gators keep their babies in their mouth Boozy, well, you should be able to answer this. Yeah, what does this have to do with this asexual nature? Well, because I'm guessing <laughs> that gators don't get pregnant from their mouths. <laughs> well, if they, they have like, the egg, then they already have been pregnant. But how does it happen, Boozy? Because, like, don't they? <laughs> You're the one who should know. You're the king they, of Flat they have Fuck like... Friday. It's Flat Fuck Friday, you fucking losers. It's Flat Fuck Friday. They fucking like they spray the egg. I'm pretty sure they get laid and then they come and get insipid. Why are we talking about that? So, oh my god. Well, how do the babies end up in their necks, Boozy? That's what I'm asking you. I think, they, I've been I think losing what they sleep do, over this. What I think they do is they're like, okay, so my partner that I'm bullying with is dipping. I need right. them to stay. So I'm gonna produce myself to make them take care of my babies. So do gators, are they, do they produce, like, they don't need to frig? They can just do it? Well, I don't think, I didn't see any Godzilla sex in this movie. So I think. Well, he did hump that, no, he did hump that one building. I can't remember the name of it, but he he did. Like, they really showed the fact that he was humping it. He did, and it's a she, once again. I just, I just want to say, I'm not here to, because uh, Roland Emmerich burned it down with his amazing movie. Um, I just want to say that that this is probably one of the best openings to a movie ever. You know how fucking hyped you get when there's, like, fish flying and all of a sudden the claw goes through the side of this thing and this ship's getting fucked up? Um, I have really big thalasphobia, and, like, this movie fucks me up entirely because I'm just a terrified what-a-phobia? of things. Thalasphobia. It's like the fear of just like the ocean and like things pulling you oh, into the dude, water. Yeah. So yeah. like, and especially like big things. Like this whole intro scared the shit out of me. And then, and then the, the most amazing. You have this guy, and they they keep playing it throughout the entire movie. Where the guys like, oh, it was, it was good job, good job. <laughs> amazing. Why does Gene Reno do the fucking lighter flex? Like, what what purpose that what this dude's just laying in bed? It's like he's not responsive. You gotta hit him with the lighter flex, dude. What did you see, old man? Gojira. 
困住啦，困住啦。Well, yeah, you need to see if he's responsive enough to follow the light, and and it's. And he's he's so super cool army. So he has a big like lighter instead of a flashlight. He, that it is a flex. Like okay, the, yeah. The Cassie choice of this movie now. is amazing. Weird as hell. Did anybody else amazing. think that? I thought it's the casting awful. was crazy. It's incredible. Yeah. Everybody was where they needed to be. Honestly, you know, Matthew. Br- what? <laughs> I was gonna say Hank Azaria was like my favorite part of the movie because it sounded like I was listening to Homer Simpson at times. <laughs> and that's the thing about this movie. There's a lot of Simpsons actors in this movie. It feels like a Simpsons episode. And I'm not saying that like as a bad thing because I love the Simpsons, but I couldn't have been the only one that realized that, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, yeah, there's Hank is there. And who are the other ones? Also, from the Simpsons? mayor, the, the mayor, or all the, the main broadcast, news broadcast. Oh, like Charles, Ch- Charles Kamen. He's basically yeah. Kemp Bachman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, man. This movie. <laughs> we'll get it right out of the way that this thing, this could be the poster child movie for not how to fail the Bechdel test. Like this is like weak female characters, the movie. This is such an incredible example of such horrible misogyny. No, that, that woman stands up to her boss. She stands up to to her boss. Ben, remember when like sexual, like there's real sexual misconduct vibes with this reporter and her news anchor boss. And, like, he's only willing to discuss her moving up in the company if she goes on a date with him. Remember when sexual misconduct was, like, a character trait and not just, like, the news every single day? Oh, that's hitting deep. And it's I love how we're having these really serious conversations on this podcast of all. Because we're the most... We're we're the best fit for it, um, yeah. and I yeah honestly it is that's a good point though. There the only reason the female lead in this movie Maria Patillo yeah yeah so she the only reason she gets out of her shell to do this thing is because she screwed over Matthew Broderick and wanted to make it up to him again is her only reason to like risk herself. So she's not even doing it because she wants to progress her career and like you know do good she's doing it because she wants to make up to her ex-boyfriend of four years ago who also proposed to her and she said no and they make it out to be like she's so bad for it but like if the lady doesn't want you dude she doesn't no, want up, you. no she until... runs away or something though like there's something about she runs away and like doesn't tell him or something that's what i always got out of it maybe the most unnatural on-screen kiss of the 90s is Matthew Broderick and Maria Patillo at the very end of this movie. <laughs> like, it, it, it is so janky and so forced. And but their whole so relationship much better is better than Shakespeare and Love's romance, though, too. <laughs> Why did okay, no one kiss the French guy? Like, we yeah, I'm not gonna the f- French guy to get kissed. Because it, what, what was the Terminator line that he quoted? Oh, I don't know. All I thought it was weird is he's a French guy. Well, obviously he's French, but he's like a French operatist. And then he hates the American coffee and then ends up loving American coffee. I'm American and I hate fucking American coffee. And he's like, what? No, uh, what did he say? No croissants. And then they go like, no croissants. And he eats a donut instead. And I'm like, wow, way to stereotype the French, Roland. Not only that, but the French notoriously don't have bombs. (laughs) <laughs> or like any kind of right. weapon. Yes. <laughs> like they I just actually... want to say that you just pointed out that character had character development and you did That's not like it. Like, you would have rather okay. not have character development. His character development is that he prefers croissants over donuts. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He, he no, he, he, likes he, he learns coffee. to like the American coffee by the end. He still doesn't he wanted a croissant. They just didn't have any, so he had a donut. 
That's yeah, but that's the thing with like Roland Emmerich. Like he lives in his own little like private machismo military heavy world. Where Let's like talk about Roland because you were a big fan of his. Me? Yeah. Didn't you say you love Independence Day? No, that was boozy. Oh, <laughs> I love that's Independence Day. Yeah, that's a sweet movie too. And that's the thing, though, is like all of and I'm pretty sure, uh, Chris, you even mentioned this earlier on, is that like all the characters in his movies, they generally feel like sitcom characters, like they're archetypal sitcom characters. I shit you not. You could put in a laugh track in Godzilla 1998 and it would be a better movie because it would also not be out of place at all. Just the way that the dialogue is delivered. There's the scene at the end where Matthew Broderick's like explaining he's talking to the TV and he's explaining how there's all the like baby zillas taking over this building he's like there's over 200 of them but he's like pausing in between and kind of looking at the camera and it's just like all i can hear is laugh tracks like it just it feels like this scene needs a laugh track (laughs) and so much of this movie feels like that and that's the problem with emmerich shit though is he always like he focuses in one area and doesn't even get that area right (laughs) yeah this movie really is the epitome of like 90s copycat movies you know in the 90s there was such a movement for like horror slashers that copied off like huge franchise a-list horror movies this is like that for like monster movies and what's funny from when i was watching and i haven't seen this movie in years and i watched a lot as a kid until i inevitably rented godzilla 2000 and thought it was the same movie and then realized it wasn't and then nobody wanted to come to my 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 sleepovers anymore oh no oh this is painful memories i remember godzilla 2000 being such a letdown because it wasn't the godzilla from 1998 and i was like what the fuck is this shit yeah it's weird because godzilla 2000 isn't even that good to begin with also but it is no. better than 98 which is the japanese <laughs> yeah, response i'm, I'm still waiting for godzilla 98 too <laughs> we should be getting that soon I think. like i want that design back i want the lizard man back <laughs> but that's the thing you sorry chris you go oh i was gonna say but that's the thing though this movie feels like one not a godzilla movie which if you're cool with that that's totally cool i, I mean i i would defend that to the grave but <clears throat> but it feels like for someone who loves these Godzilla movies, it feels like three different movies mashed up together and made into like a military movie. It feels like the beginning is kind of like a um, Q. If you haven't seen Larry Cohen's Q the Winged Serpent, so it's good. a great it's a great B movie monster movie about this ancient um, bird like monster that uh, that nestles in New York. And it's about like what people manipulate in and, you know, like they care about themselves. They don't care about society's greater good. That's what that movie's really about. And it also happens to have a flying monster that's terrorizing. But and it also happens it. to be on Tubi. Yes. If you haven't seen Q the Wing Serpent from Larry Cohen, absolutely need to Great watch movie. it. Yeah, yeah I, I actually reference and talk about it in uh, Michael Scott's uh, 20th Century Movie Club podcast, which would be it should be coming out soon. But I do talk about it, and uh, I do recommend it to everyone who likes anything B-movie or just monsters, because it's pretty solid. Like I said, it feels like Cue the Winged Serpent in the first 30 to 45 minutes, because it's a two-and-a-half-hour damn movie. And then the second, ha- the, the second part of the movie, it feels like a Jurassic Park movie. Oh, and I then it. Yeah, because like you, you get like the the baby Zilla monsters, which I don't know why they're they're there, and then the third one, it kind of feels like just like your normal disaster movie. Because what I mean by that is like you know like 
the, the day after tomorrow, Earthquake, um, 2012 before even 2012. You're just naming um, Roland Emmerich movies. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but it does feel like that because there's so many buildings, um, you know, mm-hmm. and this, you know, they're just calming down. You, and you don't even see Zilla a lot of the times just doing all this destruction, just like you see the actors and the debris just falling on them. And, and it kind of sucks because. Oh, and it also feels like also like Boozy had said in our last uh, episode we were together. Um, it also does feel like a a King Kong light where Zilla kind of like pulls up on Manhattan and mm-hmm. runs around with the military trying to chase it out. Yeah, um, but except, doesn't know where except it's Zilla going. isn't simping. Zilla isn't simping in this movie, which go. I got to give it props for. Are you kidding me? Oh, this thing, all it's doing is running around without a, it's like a chicken with its head cut off, has no fucking idea where it's going, but somehow all the babies are in one building. I would prefer it to not lusting over a woman. No, but I would prefer it to be like the original, like to be like literally any other Godzilla movie and have it have a little bit of agency and understand where it is. Like, it's not just like a, like the Godzilla in this movie is like a concussed dog. Because it's just like running around being like, where's where's food? I don't know. I don't know. But it literally literally used to be an iguana and you literally put it on mega steroids. Of course it's going to do that. It was just you literally look. Then you literally look at any other Godzilla movie titled Godzilla and it has at least like some defense mechanisms. It understands that it can't just fucking walk out into the street whenever it wants. Well, this one blew fire. Yeah, what's crazy? I see more Zilla in this movie than 2014's Godzilla. That's what's crazy. Well, is it because there's some Godzilla in this movie? <laughs> yeah, you, you, I mean, <laughs> what's fun? I've heard, I've, I've actually heard that there's apparently only like 11 minutes of screen time of Zilla in this movie, the '98 version. And I feel like this movie's littered with Godzilla. Like, I feel like there's so much at creature action and like. I also, I'm coming off so negative this entire podcast. I have so many positive things to say about this movie. Also, it's Chris was right about that. It's because that they, they show all this shit falling all the time to make you think that like they they always like imply his tail is somewhere and it, it whips mm-hmm. shit or whatever. Her yeah. tail. <laughs> I just think it's weird because I'm pretty <laughs> sure Zilla has the same movements as Kong. In this movie, when it's going through the streets and it's being chased around, that's how Zilla is in this movie. It's it it's not like trying to climb on top of Bill. It's not even as big as the normal traditional Godzilla. It's it's literally just running through. I mean, I guess Manhattan, New York is bigger than I think it is. Or this Zilla right. has some short boy syndrome, like those five six boys, you know. <laughs> I do know that, like in a movie that oddly flexes its uh, tagline, size does matter. That this size of this fucking Godzilla changes 14 times throughout the movie. (laughs) Like, you have no idea how big this thing actually is in terms of... There is no scale. That's so true. And it looks so fucking goofy. But also, like, how how did Godzilla get into the fucking plaza? Like, how... New York is so big, guy. (laughs) Really? Yeah. It it crawled out of the toilet? Yeah, it's the same way that, like, he was directly in that manhole that Matthew Broderick conveniently went to get. Uh, and then he and then he threw poop at him somehow. Did you guys notice that? That's the first time I've ever noticed that he, like, tossed some poop before the ground broke. Well, Broderick should have had a lot worse than poop thrown. I'm, ga- I'm not going to gas it up, but um, I low-key mess with Bro- Broderick in this movie. Like, oh, I don't know so why bad. they named him Nico Setopolis and they make that the running N- joke. Topito- Topitopolis? Because <laughs> that's the creator of Godzilla. 
That's like he's named after the creator of Godzilla, Tatopolis. Uh, well, oh, I'm thinking of the movie itself. Well, no, never mind. No, I just, you might be. Right. I goaded you on your own show. That's what happened. You <laughs> exposed oh, you me. I've never seen a track. Godzilla movie in my life. I've only yeah. watched 98 the entire time. I know, but to, okay. uh, really? it's funny because I can't remember his first name, but I do know <laughs> that his last name was Tatopolis. Who interesting? Uh, no, hey, that's why I bring guests on because I don't know everything, you know. Well, that and also that explains the running joke throughout Godzilla 98 when people can't pronounce his name Tatopolis. Like that is just a fucking knee slapper. Like that is comedy <laughs> gold. And I mm-hmm. do find that oddly offensive to the Japanese, nonetheless. It's so, def- it's so offensive. <laughs> like, why can't the American audience or ma- movie makers make Godzilla right? Like, I mean, they're starting to get their footing back, like, finally. But, like, why? I never understood. They get they can get King Kong well, but they can't get Godzilla. And I wonder no. if it's because the American audiences can't relate to, like, the original origins of, uh, of the 54 Godzilla. Because, I mean, I read articles guys just to find more info about this movie and like when this movie premiered like the toho guys and like one of them was the guy who wore the wore the suit for godzilla during the showa era he stormed out and was like pissed off like during the premiere and he said it's because they took the god out of godzilla it totally did but like that's the thing is like you're not gonna have an american director (laughs) you're not gonna have an american director make a better godzilla (laughs) movie than bong joon ho making the host like that's like one of the best monster movies ever made. That's true. Hearing a guy who is in a Godzilla suit saying they took the god out of Godzilla is like <laughs> seeing some weird like Christian mom being like they took the Christ out of Christmas. Like it's the same level of weird. Like what the fuck? Yeah, you're surprised these greedy fucks, the Americans. <laughs> It's just oddly, oddly personal. Like, dude, they did not make this movie to, like, scorch you. (laughs) No, but that's the thing is, like, my general consensus of 1998 Godzilla is, like, if you were told that the guy behind Independence Day was making a Godzilla movie, this is exactly what you should expect. In fact, this is better than what you should expect because it's at least so bad that it's entertaining. Like, that's, I feel like the part, this is one of those movies that's, the energy is so so amped up throughout it and it's so like no one has any clue what they're doing in this movie and it makes for a fun watching experience especially with our nostalgia with our nostalgia towards it from growing up with it it's still a fun movie to watch it's just set it's it's a complete fucking mess and it's definitely not a godzilla movie yeah but it's it, still a cool I like i love the design i love iguanas i love komodo <laughs> dragons i love jurassic park but, yeah, Boozy, but, Jurassic Park expert, ch- chime in on this. No, 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 no. I just, I want to go the route of, I think what people are forgetting. You guys are so wrapped up in like, oh, it's not Godzilla. You have to look at this movie, in a nutshell, has some incredible storytelling. Listen, this movie has so many fun scenes that are memorable. I want to go through, like I said, the intro, very memorable. I want to say the fishing scene with that old man. Yes. That is memorable. That is fun. Yes. You see, you see both of his fucking things come up and this old dude's like, oh, get the fuck out of here. That is smart storytelling. You have the guy sitting in the fucking, the, the um, fishing truck when mm-hmm. he immediately gets lifted up. And then you have that POV of everyone looking up, which is actually the first real shot you have of Godzilla. And it actually does look cool. Because it isn't that weird side angle that they show you all the time. That yeah. I don't know. They did a better job of just showing a silhouette. 
I want to say that those are really memorable scenes right off the bat of you not getting a full idea of what Godzilla is. Also, that fishing boat scene where he drags all three of them down, amazing. That is such a fun scene to watch. And that is, that's what I'm talking about in terms of, like, if you want to talk about actual baseline, like, storytelling in terms of, like, even horror movie ideas, this movie has a ton of those fun scenes. And I know you guys are like, oh, it's a Roland Emmerich movie. But once again, you t- look at, well, I'm going to continue going. The helicopter scene where they all are going through all those amazing, that is, that is fun storytelling where they, they're getting chased around and, you know, he's actually behind them instead of in front. And, and I'm also going to say, uh, when they drive into his mouth for some reason in the, in the bridge, that's a fun little scene. I think there, there's a couple scenes where they actually use prosthetics of him in here that are kind of fun. And I will say that although it is a ripoff, when you want to talk about um, Jurassic Park movies, yeah, they do a lot of things ripping it off in terms of the being in Madison Square Garden with all the eggs. But also that, there was some fun horror elements that you have that scene where they kind of figure out that they're getting hunted because the guy's like, you smell like fish. When he's like, oh, the, the poisson or whatever. And it's like, these are, are, are such base level like storytelling ideas that they planted these seeds of like, the, the fish thing even being repetitive is like, I know you guys are like, oh, this is a terrible movie, but like, it does base storyline things that you go after, you're like, oh, okay, it's the fish thing or like the fact that it wants to like lay an egg. It does basic storytelling ideas. I know that it's a Roland Emmerich Godzilla movie that nobody likes, but these are fun little things. Like if these were sprinkled in other movies, if there was some version of this, especially all those like ocean scenes of things getting dragged, if you like put Cthulhu in there and had it as a serious movie, all those scenes are fantastic. So that's, that's what I'm talking about is like, I'm not going to shit on this movie all day. And yes, I do have a nostalgia base to it, but there's like there's fun little moments in this movie that like make it enjoyable to rewatch. That's why I liked it so much. This is why he's my boy. He's really hey, made me turn a leaf now. God it's true. damn. Like, what what is what you, like what does Godzilla need to do? I'm not like just to, to have that point is like, yeah, it's a convoluted story of all these people interacting with each other, but like Godzilla's basic plot is he wanted to go get some food, then he was gonna lay an egg. That that's literally and then he gets mad that they fucked up all his babies because he realizes that he, like the, he literally watches them do it. Or well, they he or yeah, she, they, they she, yeah, but like they that, that's all I need. Two hundred of, of the story <laughs> is like literally Godzilla's like, "You shot me, I'm gonna eat you." They did that with the helicopters. They're, you know, it's like all these things is like that's fine. I understand why they do any of this stuff. It's not like he went there and humped a building and then there's like a romance there. If that would have went that angle, I would have been like, I don't know why we're doing that. <laughs> Do you think Godzilla looked at that building? Was like, wouldn't it be crazy if I just accidentally, like, I don't know, climbed it and like injected and then, like, it? And then, yeah, and then climax and lightning strikes. Oh I don't know, god! That, that whole scene is—it's so weird that you put that in. It's so oddly specific. It's for, they, it was a promo. It, that part was a promo. For I the know, and they series. and they paid so much money for. Like, you have to think about if there was only eleven minutes of him, they paid so much money every time Godzilla was on screen. Yeah, this. Oh. Film, I feel like this. I feel like Sony having the Godzilla property from Toho was kind of like the equivalent of like Disney having the Star Wars property. Is yeah. the amount of pressure and like money put into this one thing that they had to get it right. Now, luckily, Star Wars I feel like got it right, and Sony kind of didn't. And also, I feel like when reading in hindsight of everything, Sony gave up. Honestly, right. they saw immediately what happened. They're like, whatever, we don't want it. It's bad news for us. And they didn't get one until 2014 again. Um, and yeah, you know, Boozy does kind of bring up some good points because upon rewatch with this movie and uh, yeah, having the nostalgia for it too, 
again, I keep going back to the runtime and I'm like, I mean, I, I runtimes don't like, they don't bother me at all. Like, I mean, don't ever come and talk to the terror table. Ever yeah. Ever get again. out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. If the movie was like any other Godzilla movie and mm-hmm. I, and I'll say this about even Toho Godzilla movies, you cut it at an hour and a half. You're solid. You're golden. Regardless right. of what's on it, you're good. Because up to this point, the Godzilla movies coming out were like two hours, two fifteen, like this movie too. And a lot of times, my complaints are about the human element not hitting the like not hitting the triggers right. Like the Showa films that are like eighty nine fucking minute long movies, and they are like they're genre, they're human genre films. They, they they're usually alien sci fi or they're espionage spy movies, and they're hit right. or miss. They're charming, but the Godzilla stuff is fun sumo wrestling. But in this movie, it kind of does what the Hisei movies do, where they have longer run times and they ha- feel the need to fill it with human story elements but the thing is outside from those different ones the first hour or hour and a half of this movie i really don't mind the human story that much granted you don't get if you did do an hour and a half long movie you wouldn't get any of the romance that they shove in in the next right. hour there's but no all, romance in that movie like man. abc right. characters though it's like yeah you have like this this couple and the friend and the, like everybody's down on their luck it's it's very like relatable none of these characters are having any weird life crisis well i mean the one woman's getting sexually harassed at work but you know like <laughs> the, I mean, that's what separates this from a good movie though right like, you, but like you these characters aren't things. having so you wanted them to have some sort of like bigger crisis agency even slightly yes okay, yes but, character- t- but tell me then like give me give me something I think it's because it's a Godzilla movie, and you think of Godzilla. When Godzilla pulls up on Tokyo Bay, everyone in the world knows that, to- that Godzilla's there. And in this movie, it's a guessing game of wondering, of like, is he actually there or not? And also, right. the mayor of this movie, his name's Mayor Ebert. He looks oh, exactly yeah. like fucking Roger it's, Ebert. You know that that it's actually, and his assistant is Gene. Yeah, like it's yeah, Cisco it's a, and Ebert. They're, another knee slap. Roland, Roland Emmerich was throwing a fucking Twitter flex fingers out. turn the trigger fingers. That's exactly <laughs> what he did. This was that. this was Roland Emmerich's diss track. And this then, was where he could like sh- take some shots at that fucking Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel for awesome. making fun of Independence Day. <laughs> and here's the thing: why was a uh, why was like the mayor's speech like a scene from The Dark Knight? Everyone has like yeah. black umbrellas and cops. Because that's everywhere. the only minute that there well, was any it was, actual. Right? It, it was it was raining, but they were also told dress funeral. Like <laughs> you know, I also do want to say that this is in terms of because Chris, you you unintentionally mentioned actually a bunch of Roland Emmerich films when you were talking about films that were like <laughs> Roland Emmerich films. But I, I just want to say that like this is this is peak Roland Emmerich was like. This and um, Independence Day were like the things he he is like most known for. Yeah, that, that, and that is two staples of night. Whether they're good movies or not, those are two. Everybody knows about those movies. Everybody yeah. knows about fucking Independence Day, and they're both and him, and they're back to back. A lot of people love Independence Day, and like there are like a few people out there like Boozy who love Ninety Eight Godzilla. But I would honestly say, like, as someone who's not a Roland Emmerich fan. Godzilla's probably my favorite movie of his because it's just it's at least fun it's fun for me to watch like I I like this more than Independence Day just hasn't aged well for me at all and uh like those disaster movies like and this is a disaster movie this has got Roland Emmerich written all over it um but I think that that's kind of the problem is he didn't know what to do at this point and there's also man there was like multiple hundreds of people working in the special effects department alone of this movie like this was a massive massive production so the fact that not everything came together all at once 
like in a cohesive way isn't surprising at all in my opinion yeah no that's good because I think the like the special effects and in the the you know just all that stuff in the production. I love the for practicals. It, I think it worked really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, and yeah, again, the griping for the CGI. But a year later, you get ninety nine Empire Strike or Phantom Menace, and there's some CGI on there that doesn't work really well either. But it's like that Zilla still looks kind of solid for its time. It, it's uh, weird. The the only times it looks really bad is when it looks kind of like it got superimposed, especially when like the submarines like quote unquote destroy it and it's just kind of lazily it looks kind of like um, a window screensaver just kind of (laughs) rolling towards you i don't know it was yeah but there was still so much worse at this time and i do think that this movie takes a lot of flack for that reason and that like that reason alone it's just like man if you think this is bad like check out any other movie that came out around this time you know besides what what's the one example of uh like there's there's a couple movies that came out like early on that just like jurassic park for example just like it still looks amazing t2 even oh that's the thing is is i always have to ask is like maybe chris i don't know if you saw this when you were looking is like who did the special effects for like you you have to think that that um a movie that had this big of a budget and this much intention to be like a blockbuster would have maybe picked a better company dude to, they, to represent that all i the and this is all like see this is bad because it's like podcast hearsay uh but i did i do remember from years and years and years of obsessing over special effects and like the people behind them that uh stan winston oh, stan, stan winston. winston was hired for godzilla he actually did like a lot of the early design and concept works for this, mm-hmm. uh, but he ended up leaving the project. And now it's like if you go down the special effects crew, I love that this movie employed hundreds of people to do special effects like that's that's cool. And that's stuff that doesn't happen anymore, or at least to this scale where it's actually hand built because you look at sure there's only a couple scenes of actual Zilla being practical but those scenes look pretty cool yeah and then especially when the, they have the the babies that the I think baby they... zillas are basically just baby t-rex or they're just like little uh velociraptors, velociraptors. and you know there's a, also there's clearly a ton of james cameron aliens vibes thrown <laughs> yes. in at that end and it's like so it is all just like proven fun exhilarating popcorn popcorn action right uh but there's like definitely it's definitely lacking in that department a little bit for a godzilla movie especially since they had stan winston originally being the director of this they also had jan dubont who did uh speed was the original director for godzilla in 1998 and uh things didn't work out and obviously jan dubont has done a lot of bad stuff since speed uh actually he retired from directing after laura croft tomb raider 2 Cradle of life <laughs> but respect on that movie's life. name yeah, that's some, that, those are good points, Mitch. Um, yeah, this movie, I wish, had a little bit more of, like, the cultural political elements that Godzilla has. But honestly, at this point, like, even at that point, um, American audiences can't have anything at, remotely related to something like that, like the Japanese do. So, of course, that cultural difference is going to be there. Um, but, the, I mean, I kind of... I kind of have to give Emmerich some credit for making – he basically had to make an original Godzilla movie in terms of a story piece because it's not connected to any other Godzilla movie like other sequels got the right. luxury of doing. He had to make an original concept for this monster existing in this movie in its world. And, you know, it kind of makes sense, you know, um, with the, the testing. I wish it wasn't the French because it's that's not believable. Yeah, what, what's, what, just curiously, what what's original about it though? 
Well, I mean, not original, but he had to make up something else <laughs> no, to but replace yeah, he had, the... No, but he had to have Godzilla to do something. He couldn't just be like, uh, a bunch of Americans are on vacation in Tokyo, you know? Yeah. Like, kind of how 2014 felt. It, like, well, I know that you guys are Ghost there. in the Shell 2017 <laughs> fans, so you guys love whitewashing movies, but... Oh, no! <laughs> hey, what's, uh, <laughs> what's, that, what's that Death Note movie you like? Yes. <laughs> okay, Adam Wingar directed Death Note. I know. In respect to that movie's <laughs> name. And I back that movie. <laughs> don't call yourself a Lakeith... I say it all the time. Don't call yourself a Lakeith Stanfield fan if you were not there for Death Note. <laughs> but, but Chris is onto something. It literally, if someone came to you and was like, you have to make an American version of Godzilla. And they probably were like saying like, it has to be set in New York and oh, we, have no. to have, we have to have a love story and we have to cram as much guns and violence and explosions in as possible. I think that's exactly the idea because it, it isn't a tale of Godzilla coming to, they actually give him more of something to do than just coming to the city to destroy shit. Where like, I, I love Shin Godzilla, but that's basically all Shin Godzilla is, is like, this thing that washes up on shore and just decides to gradually get bigger and fuck up the city. And well, there's so much of a political threat in that movie. And Shin Godzilla is a master. Like, it's yes. close. I think, no, that I that's, I think that's a fantastic Godzilla, Godzilla movie. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. This one, I feel like they got the Godzilla license and they were like, Roland, make a disaster monster movie. Yeah. Get it's him. Like, no, it's just get him to New York. Okay. Show up, show KFC or whatever. I don't, Pepsi. I, I don't give a fuck. Movie would have been I better. Wish... Sasha Gray was in this, though, honestly. Oh, absolutely. It makes anything better. Also, but there... it does make more sense that it makes. <laughs> It makes more sense that he's in New York that there's like this underground for him to you move guys, around it. You guys, I've been laughing so hard that I haven't even been able to talk while listening to this because I wish I would have done more preparation for this, but I didn't because I'm like, I'm just talking it's about ho- I'm talking to my homies on inside the sequel. We're just gonna have a good time. But there actually was a list that the Toho guys gave to when they when they sold the rights for this. There was a list of like requirements that they needed yeah. to meet. And they fucking didn't meet a single one of them. Oh <laughs> like, my God. Not a single that one. That's the most American. They were like, and this Roland is Emmerich Pearl is <laughs> Ro- exactly Roland Emmerich. I feel like this movie prevented him from being the force that could have been. Also, Michael Bay is a better uh, filmmaker. But oh, the thing Michael is, Bay. like, no, but uh, fuck Michael Bay. Exactly, I agree. <laughs> But Roland Emmerich, you'd be saying fuck Roland Emmerich if 1998 Godzilla didn't happen and he kept getting worse jobs. No, no, no. Like, he, didn't, dude, he didn't fucking ruin people's careers over shit. Well, that's because you don't know that yet. That's why he cast Matthew Broderick. He had already ruined his own career. <laughs> He's Here's already been a- I'm convinced that Zilla had to get cut short. That's why the script is a oh. sloppy mess. I feel like Sony was like, you have dude, to cut it out. I need a Emmerich cut of this movie to finally is, come out yeah, i is know there there deleted is, scenes is there, there's, there's no be. there's no script but the thing is there doesn't really need to be for something like this like well that's you know i i'm contradicting myself a little bit but think about pacific rim pacific rim doesn't have an overly complex script it's no. fucking robots fighting monsters and that's Mon- like yeah monsters the from the sea of a different area whatever yeah even that's he- too complicated they should have just been like there's monsters from the deep who cares exactly because that's like when you're talking about movies like this it doesn't fucking matter you're there for the spectacle the spectacle is the reason why you're watching a godzilla movie and in 1998 this movie had some spectacle to it but it also just had a bunch of like really popular actors actresses at the time running around and being panicked and like feeling like they 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 
it not one point in this movie did I feel like Matthew Broderick had a script to read from. Okay, hmm. were these That's people true. famous though? Like I don't remember Absolutely. most of these. I don't Hank remember Azaria most of these. Act- well, okay, he's not like he's more of like a, a voice actor. And he's Ferris not, like, Bueller. Shit. It's weird. I'm pretty Maria sure the Patello scene where he probably go- could have been a real actress if it, this movie didn't destroy the female character. Like this is like one of the most misogynistic yeah, what is movies she going I've to seen do? in a long time. True. Very true. It, I did think it was kind of fucking, sus. Yeah, it's it's extremely sus. But the thing is, man. Uh, as much as I agree, and I think that that is fucked and it's a problem, we're going to be, there's going to be a pretty broad brush stroke for when, if we're going to be canceling old movies like this for being sexist, because look at almost any movie in the nineties, man. Like it was a sexist time in the movies and it is a shame. Uh, but this movie really focuses on it. It's weird. Like, it's like, it's so jarring. Like it's so distractingly there. That it's just such a misogynistic, male-driven... That Also, think about Godzilla when you were a kid. This is a little boy movie, man. A little boy movie that every little boy, everyone that I knew who was a little boy, loved this movie. Yeah. And uh, there's something to say about that. But the thing is, I'm happy movies don't get made like this anymore. Boozy? Well, I, I mean, there goes my sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I think, I think that this is like the most an anomaly thing that's ever. It's it is such an anomaly in terms of Godzilla, and I I understand that completely. I understand why Godzilla purists don't like it, but I think it's such a fun little like nothing like this will ever get made again. You have to understand that this was such a little time capsule of like Pepsi, fucking Jolt Cola. I mean, the KFC. Simpsons was still good. Yeah, oh, the Simpsons yeah. was still good. Like, or what was it? Yeah, can, what, which what you said it previously Kent on Rockman. this episode. No, who was the the was it Burger King and McDonald's? It was for sure Burger King. It was Burger King. King. <laughs> yeah, and they had like I remember I got the Godzilla like hand puppet thing. And yeah, because Burger King sick. got in on um got in on Pokemon as well, and they also oh, got in God. on yeah. um. I'm pretty sure they were the ones in on the Lost World when we were talking yep. about that. I, I just want to know, like, okay, uh, Chris, when you were when you were checking around here, was there? Because I didn't take the time to check into this. Was there like what was the plans for the sequel? Did they even like have an idea, or was it just like we'll show Godzilla at the end and then we'll figure it out later? Honestly, from what I've been gathering, they didn't even get far enough into it. They were gonna because they already started doing the animated series and then this movie and what they were kind of hinting at was kind of doing like a Jurassic Park type of thing where a different like Godzilla baby Godzilla's would... take over the world or yes yeah, some they well yeah because at the, the end of this movie humans start morphing with the baby T-Rexes just like in Jurassic <laughs> World Fallen Kingdom well because... she can speak dinosaur well because at the end of this movie there is that last egg that's still lying yeah. hatchet that was such a fucking thing to make a next sequel and i honestly when watching it in 2021 i'm like where is the next movie honestly? oh dude the amount of times i've gotten mad at grown-ups who are fighting with me about godzilla and me telling them like no 98 like the, this matthew broderick one is the best one <laughs> like that happened for my early early childhood <laughs> and yeah for those who are like me i'm a godzilla purist like i only watch the showa films you're that person like big ups but like I mean, as a Godzilla fan, you got to take the good with the bad. You can't just be the one who's like, I love my favorite ones are 54, Shin, and 84, and that's it. You know, it's like you're not a Godzilla fan. You just like good movies like everyone else. But honestly, what makes normal movie fans like that and 
the difference between them and cinephiles are that we take the bad with the good and love the bad with it. You right. know, that's like, the best oh, thing oh, you've oh, ever oh. said, Chris. <laughs> I love but, it so it, much. I I'll, wanna... I'll stand. I'll stand on top of a fucking Baker's do- dozen donuts or some shit at a gas oh, station. Chris, trust and me, then... there's no one in the world who knows that you have shit taste in movies more than me because I've just <laughs> done three fantasy Oscars with you. But that's what I love about you is that you're unapologetic about your stance, and also the the stance that you just shared on that is very apt. Like that's that's a. Uh, I totally agree with you. That's <laughs> take take away take away. Uh, Godzilla itself from this film because it doesn't even really look like a Godzilla that much. But if you were to take away that whole idea of that franchise and take away that name and just you had this story as another thing and maybe, you know, like it had a smaller budget, more contained or whatever. It's Cloverfield, but not with found footage. It's Cloverfield, but with more action. Yeah, there's there's so much fun to be had. And that's one thing again is like this movie always feels to me like a like same on the same level of I know it's a little more well written and has more to say, but like a Starship Trooper, something like that. Like these are oh, these are dude. fun Starship fun Troopers blockbuster nineties so movies. Yeah, that's a good point. Boozy coming in clutch on this show. That's why I love this man so much. And that's why I want to talk to you every single week about horror movies. Is like even if I disagree with you, I love your opinion on the things because like to compare Starship Troopers to this is just lunacy to me. But I also (laughs) see where it's coming from. But here's the thing. Would this movie have been better if instead of the product placement being like McDonald's, well, Burger King and like KFC, if it had like a Mr. Sub in there instead? <laughs> or like oh a my God. Mr. Sub what? and Eat More? Oh my God. Or a Burger Baron? The oh. most 2021 thing ever would be a tagline of size does matter and have the main sponsor be Pornhub. Could like you imagine that that that, that Pornhub sound? Like everybody knows that sound, but could you imagine oh, that oh, as oh, the movie oh. started for Godzilla? Yeah, yeah, man. (laughs) And you see, this is why I got to be the next big Hollywood producer. That's that's what my call is. Here's the crazy thing. For the amount of shit we've been saying about Godzilla, we've named movies that came out after it that had sus similarities to 98 that they do better. Maybe 98 was like a different breed at the time. And it just like, you know, was like had to be the stepping stone for these movies to be good. You know what I mean? And let Maybe. me make it clear. Let me make it clear that 98 Godzilla is like a it's a part of cinema history that I was a part of. Like I was eight years old when I saw this. So I was the exact age you should have been watching this. <laughs> and I'm telling you, like, I know there are people if there are people who are older listening and you're imagining yourself in college or, you know, after you've even had a kid or even if you're 20 years old, it's so different when you're an eight year old walking into this movies didn't suck back then there was no way a movie could suck no and dude so going into like God, I, it was batman and robin that made me realize that movies could suck phantom menace made me realize movies could and be see I, I i loved phantom menace when Same. i was that age but yeah i loved phantom menace at the time but i understand because boozy hates he just hates jar jar banks and the, i don't <laughs> i don't accept I don't accept the, any hatred of Jar Jar Binks. These like late nineties movies, like as a kid, they built character. You know what I mean? I, I feel like we saw a lot of shit that was weird because nineties was very experimental. And I feel like a lot of it was, was more tinkered and fine tuned later on, but we got kind of the weird end of everything that was trying to be newer or, or flashier. It's weird I know how the, horny these movies are. I wonder if it's because Clinton was president during the time. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that dude loves that, just, that gum, energy so is infectious. <laughs> yeah, there's constant fucking misogyny in this. Oh my god. But no, uh, that's the thing though is I actually even wrote down uh, like movies didn't suck before this movie, but like I was eight years old and being conditioned with stuff like uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie or like the early Batman movies that aren't t- like that besides Batman and Batman Returns, uh, like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, like those is Batman and Robin that made me realize when a movie could be bad. <laughs> like I was like, okay, there's a problem here, and like. I'm just saying that as someone who like, I know that there are people who actually will back that movie up, but, and uh, even forever it has its moments, but I'm just saying that like those movies conditioned us idiots to accepting alien versus predator and alien versus predator requiem. Like I actually really like the first alien versus yes. predator. Like I was a fan of it when I saw it, but requiem, I even convinced myself I like that. And I, I think, still think all... that was fun. Oh, it's so bad, man. Like when you watch it again, it just sucks because you can't see any of it. It's just so dark. Boys, but I'm I don't have time that, like, for waste my jokes. I need you guys on here for a Paul W.S. Sequ- Paul W.S. Anderson sequel. I need you guys for Resident oh, Evil too. I will be there except oh for my, that's we've the promise. talked so much about Resident. Oh my goodness! I've already I've already destroyed. I don't know if you listened to that episode, Boozy, but uh, Chris nominated Apocalypse, which was like at one point my <laughs> it was at one point my favorite Resident Evil movie when I was the year it came out but now it's the it's actually like think about how bad that franchise is like how like there is some pretty rough stuff apocalypse is the only one i can't finish there are there are several underworld movies i would watch in rather than any man we've boozy we've already talked about this the underworld sequels it doesn't matter they're goaded they those are the our royal family our royal family is (laughs) All of the sequels to Underworld. No, but, you know, Mitch did bring up a good point. The, the 90s was the weirdest time for, like, blockbusters, eh? Like, yep. you get a lot of, like, late installment franchise movies. Like, let me list a couple off, like, just off the dome. Like, Do you it. get, like, Alien Resurrection. You get the mm-hmm. Batman versus, or Batman and Robin. Um, you, you get, um, I think you get a Jurassic Park sequel, right? Isn't Jurassic Park 3 in the 90s? Uh, second one. Yep. Yeah, no, and then. 97 was Lost World. Lost yeah. World. So you, yeah, so you get that but, one, which is different than the first one. You get, um, so, you get so far, Phantom that's Menace. The best one. You get like something okay. like Phantom Menace, and then I like the Phantom Menace. But I'm well, saying, you like, you can even say something like, "Look at Look at Terminator 2 was so much different than mm-hmm. oh. that one was more of a blockbuster direction than the first Terminator. And you get yeah. a couple like Friday the Thirteenth movies sprinkled in there too. You know, it's it's such a how the the however many fucking Halloweens. I think there was three, no two at least. Yeah. In the nineties, yeah, there was I think there, there was, was three six, in the nineties uh, in total. Yeah, there <laughs> Yeah, but, but a lot of all those movies, what you can say about them, though they aren't good, a lot of them, except Alien Resurrection, that one's pretty goaded. And uh Jurassic Park too. Um but here's the thing about those movies, they're all like weird and different than everything before those movies, and some of them are not that good at all. Um they like kind of like stand on their own feet as being like those unique movies where like these movies aren't good, but like I low key kind of keep them in my corner, you know? They're of that era because that's the thing is like I was born in ninety, so I went to the video store with a seven for seven days, seven dollars, seven days, seven movies. Oh shit! Right. Like this is a whole different fucking can of worms. <laughs> but I'm just saying that I also like I loved Alien Resurrection when it came out. I love. Yes. Jurassic Park The Lost World and I actually still stand by that that is a good movie like I actually really like the sequel to Jurassic Park I know um, fucking boozy is the reason I can't chirp Jurassic Park anymore I had a yeah it, you know, it was so funny I, I was so excited because Chris Chris couldn't wait to have boozy on the show 
And then I found out from the 90s episode that Chris wasn't a Jurassic Park fan. I'm like, dude, that's the wrong way to go into a, your first podcast. Because Boozy. Uh, Boozy is right, though. Jurassic Park's one, one of the few five out of five perfect movies. Like, there's basically no flaw in that first movie. Um, but the 90s was just such an, a weird time. Everyone was like, it, the, the, the business was changing. So we saw so many different things. And even like, you look at like there are movies that come out in the same year where the VFX look entirely different because one of them has like, was it fuck? It, I think it was Anaconda. It was like every VFX shot in that it was like a hundred million dollars a second. <laughs> and it's like now you look at like Godzilla versus Kong, and it's like a hundred million dollars is like almost nearly the whole thing. <laughs> but but also this was about the nineties. This is that weird part where all around that area where they had a lot of these bigger, weird monster movies that kept coming out that were like this. There, there like was, you placid. had, yeah, you're, you're, you, like you'd mentioned, uh, yeah, you have your Atacodges at like Placid, you, even something weird like Congo, like stuff like that. There was this big thing oh, around. Oh man, I just watched Congo weird, recently. Yeah, there, there was this Boozy. thing about these big monsters. I don't know. It was a I very, been, it was a very 90s thing. I forgot to mention this on a Terror Table episode, and I can't believe I forgot that, but I watched Congo recently, man, and that movie is fucking wild. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It's so good, especially the The ending. wildest cast, too. Oh, man, what a crazy cast. Okay, sorry, Dude, Chris. Maybe the 90s kids, like us 90s born people, we're just born, like we're built different, you know? Like we just more tolerant. I, we I like think look at the more. look at the toys that we were geared towards, though. <sighs> that we had the strangest toys that were very um like radical. Like we literally they were fucking radical. We had like biker mice from Mars. We had biker mice from Mars. <laughs> we had like, street sharks. It was about like this radical shit. And that's too. And keep, I, I even think going, that like look at the going, Godzilla. I'm about like, yeah. <laughs> when you go with like even the Godzilla stuff is they they had like that cartoon and that you could say look at um Men in Black and the cartoon with that is there was oh, this big thing with like too. yeah we're, but we had kind of mentioned that at the start is there was so much pressure with having like a cartoon a toy line um you had you there was so much in terms of because that was kids still were buying stuff like even uh comic books all this stuff you had to have all that backing and I think that's why a lot of stuff like Congo didn't even fare as well because they didn't have that kind of backing for stuff like that. But anyway, to those who are still hanging on to this this podcast episode, this isn't our last episode. I swear to God, it won't be. But uh, um, if they end up doing an Alita two, I definitely want these or Ready Player One. I two. I want both of these. Be these. Or if on. they make a Godzilla ninety eight two, still wait for it. Still, <laughs> still I like it. I like all three I'll of those things. For it, I'm honestly. hashtag release the Roland cut. Yeah, release the Emperor cut. I'm still on that. <laughs> Do you anyway, think Roland Emmerich's cut was damaged at all? I, I, I do not watch think so. Midway, because maybe that's low key a '98 Zilla sequel. No. Anyway, for those who are who have who have stayed this long to listen to this podcast uh, episode, I want to thank you because y'all the day ones, and also this has been the end of this Godzilla Mania wrap up. I and I already said it from the beginning. I made no hints of it that this final episode was going to be just shooting the shit, just loving the big G before the new one comes out because we're all hyped as fuck. <laughs> And uh, I, I are you guys actually should... hyped? Are you guys? You Dude, guys are I have doing tickets. it together, right? I, you guys are so I, hyped. I, I literally I took off tickets. work just to watch it at okay. six in the morning. So all right, so perfect. Oof. So like, that's a that's the thing too. Is that so? This is a thing that say COVID wasn't existing. Boozy and I would be all over this. Like no matter what, we're recording an episode this weekend. But I also don't expect Boozy to do what I did and 
buy tickets to a movie theater and that's where like i'm going i'm going to a movie theater to see this because in canada we don't get it streaming so i'm willing to die for this movie fuck yeah dude godzilla godzilla vs king kong is legitimately like the biggest thing since maybe um what's a big versus thing that's been like 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 alien versus predator You know, we have the verse. We should do some some sort of like episode on like the versus films because a lot of times they're very missed and hit. Um, except Batman versus Superman, the the ultimate cut. But uh, anyway, for those who have been listening, dude, um, for all of you, listen to all our episodes to get ready for the next um King Kong versus Godzilla that drops on Wednesday, um, on HBO Max, or you can go see it in theaters. Stay safe when you do. But I am so excited for it. It's in good hands and- with Big Art. And Chris is going to be on the terror table and it might just be me and Chris talking and that's going to be okay. It, it, it's up to Boozy if he's going to see it before then, but there's no pressure on that. But, but Chris and I are going to record an episode next Friday. I, I Boozy, you better fucking go with bitch. I, I need you on there and I need, and I need Kyle. He just have Kyle will not, me, but I just there's need him a to 0% pop in. Chance. Like I need him to pop in on the Skype call and just be like, Hey, what's up? I'm Kyle. And then like if, leave after that. If the this rest was of- under the skin too, Kyle would be all there. But Kyle has no interest in a Godzilla vs. Kong, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> For those who are listening still though, like you can like we'll go watch Kong vs. Godzilla. Let me know what you thought of this miniseries. If you want to see more miniseries on certain properties, let me know down below in the comments. Uh, Inside the Sequel, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes. Check us on the website, insidethesequel.com. Uh, and then you can check us out in Hurtastic Reviews. Kaboozy, Mitch, where can we find you all? You're obviously bigger than me, so that doesn't make sense. But We're not. We're, but... we're not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Terror Table, uh, we have a website. Uh, we have a Facebook. We have an Instagram. Um, do we have an Twitter. X-Hamster? <laughs> a camster. What's an X-Hamster? X-Hamster. That's like, that's like the... the... We we can't find all the like the shitty shit that got got kicked off of Pornhub. Anyway, that's that's us in a nutshell. Mitch, you're better at that. We have Twitter. www.theterratable.com uh, where you can find all of our recent episodes and you can find interviews with people like Eduardo Sanchez, Monroe Chambers, and our friend Alexis Olinick, who was on for the recent episode on The Voices. Uh, so we talk about the Ryan Reynolds flick, The Voices, which also stars Anna Kendrick and Gemma Erdeton. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Boozy, your night at night of the living dead. Oh, it's all on our page. Go to the terror table on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and you'll be able to find us. Yeah, thank you, lads, for being on here. Honestly, it was such a fun wrap up to this mini series. I was so stressed in like making this thing so organized and like and, and you know accessible for everyone to watch to listen. And, but and I also really want to thank Michael Scott. I want to thank Philip Young. I want to thank Lindsay Wilkins for also being a part of this mini series. I hope to have you all again. And for those who love this mini series, give this uh, episode a like, share it with your uh, with everyone on Twitter. Um, and I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, if you aren't protecting with your life, Roland Emmerich's 1998 Godzilla, do you really, do care, you about really care about cinema? Do you really care about cinema? Anyway, we'll see you next time.